Hello and welcome to the Turtle Tracks Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Van Hooker. My guest today is Kyle Carosa, a friend of mine who is the uh, creator of Mighty Magiswords from Cartoon Network. And he's got a new song about the Ninja Turtles that I think uh, the Turtle Tracks fans would dig. So I wanted to bring him on and ask him about it. How you doing today, Kyle? Oh, I'm doing great. Good to talk to you, Brian. Cool. So I guess I guess let's just start right up with the song and I'll play at the end of the uh, the uh, podcast here. But tell us about the song. So uh, here's the thing about me. Uh, I record uh, goofy, weird little songs. Um, I did a thing. I've done a thing a few times called February Album Writing Month. And that is a, a, a challenge to record an entire or not record necessarily, but write an entire album within the shortest month of the year. Um that has nothing to do directly with the song other than the thing that doing February album writing month has taught me is to use all of the ideas. <laughs> like, because, because it's like, you've got a month, you got to roll with the first thing that rolls along. It's like, okay, I can, I can roll with whatever goofy idea I've got uh, because like it's a limited resource. So sure. uh, that, that kind of informs all the rest of my songwriting. Like, I don't turn down a song idea that comes from anywhere. One time I'm in the shower, I'm thinking way too hard about the lyrics to Ninja Rap for absolutely no reason other than that my, that I'm me, Kyle Garosa, a guy who would be doing that. Um, and so I think about that line, have you ever seen a turtle get down? And I'm thinking way too hard about that question. And I'm like, that's not a question one is asked every day. <laughs> <laughs> that is That is not a routine question. That question's not going to show up in any other songs. Uh, and that led to, like, jokingly a thought about, gosh, what a thoughtful question that is. He didn't make an assumption. He just, like, you know, asked, hey, I don't know what your lifestyle is like. <laughs> I, I, I shouldn't jump to any conclusions about your background. So, therefore, have you ever seen a turtle get down? <laughs> And so, yeah, that uh, question musically starts rattling around in my head, uh, and, and uh, out comes this song, not a rap song, a calypso tune. Why? Don't know, because <laughs> we don't say no to any of the ideas. That's why. If you think about it, in that scene, everybody he's asking that question is presently seeing a turtle get down. Am I wrong? Absolutely. No, th this does not counter the clear and present issue that, like, this is somehow where my sus suspension of disbelief ends with this film. Sure. Mutant Turtles, fine. Token Razar, sure, why not? Sure. Somebody making up, like, somebody freestyling this particular rap tune, that person's Robert Van Winkle, and it's coming out like this off the top of his head. <laughs> This is where my suspension of disbelief is. That's the one major flaw in that movie. <laughs> and the thing is, like, that's my opinion as a kid. Sure. I, I have. I, but I mean, it's like, if you really think about it, like, it kind of makes sense because it's like this this world has set up certain rules. It has uh, an internal logic that, you know, this is the second film to carry it. It's like, well established. So, really, the guy. You know, especially if you've never heard of freestyle rap, that why would I have when I was a child? Um, you know, th this does seem more unlikely than the rest of the film if you really break it down from the film's own internal logic. I always like there's little moments, even the first one. I think the first movie is like the single best piece of turtle media ever. But there's one piece. I don't disagree. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. There is one piece I cannot suspend my disbelief for. <laughs> and it is the little rat doing ninja moves in the cage. I'm like, I don't believe you, Splinter. Like, there's some like I, I prefer human Splinter for that reason because I'm like, I don't <laughs> the little puppet doing little. I'm like, I don't, I don't buy it. Every other second, I take it all in. That little rat, I don't believe you. I just don't. That buy that, it. that that that's fair. That's yeah. fair, actually. Like, if there was some like internal reason for like little just normal rat Splinter, like you know, be it some lineage or maybe he got some, like, early version of the ooze on his person somehow. Yeah. Like, because, you know, we, we've got a Rokusaki hanging around, 
I don't think he just like has the mutagen suddenly out of nowhere. If he had like some early batch of it that had dropped, but like that's not as clean. That's not clean storytelling. It's adding like another plot complication that's gonna just like so I I, I understand why they went the direction that they did. Yeah. But yeah, that's an understandable, you know, even suspension of disbelief issue, even for a child. <laughs> just doesn't work. Um yeah. Are you a big fan of 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 Secret of the Use? Uh, I think Secret of the Use is pretty good. I think the the first film is kind of infinitely better. Oh yeah, but uh, yeah, like Secret of the Use spoke to me as a kid the way it was supposed to speak to me as a kid. Like the changes they made that were supposed to be more inviting for kids. I'm a child. This is more inviting. It's a little brighter, so I can see everybody better. It's a little cartoonier. I watched the cartoon, so it's like you know. It, it achieved, like, the dumb notes achieved what they were supposed to achieve. <laughs> uh, but as an adult, I find the first film infinitely better. But the second one's still really cool and fun. I've got, like, you know, I've got the uh, the NECA, you know, film-style um, uh, Toka and Razar on my desk because they are so freaking amazing. Oh, they're great. Yeah, they're behind you can't see probably see them they're far back but i have them behind me as well so and they're, they're great designs they're like the most perfect figures you could have for those designs oh yeah and it's like you know the, the be the movie whatever it is the creature shop stuff is still super impressive oh yeah and in some ways it works slightly better like some of the lip stuff and a little clean oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no, no no radio signals to be uh discombobulated <laughs> while trying to do simple lip sync uh because we're not hiding because like d did dinosaurs this the series happen between the two films or did they happen after both no it's uh between because i think henson had had a little bit of a hand in starting to make dinosaurs so i think i couldn't swear it premiered before yeah. turtles, but i would turtles too but i would swear that it started before turtles too because i mean like i'm sure there are other other possibilities as far as places they could have gotten further experience but like you know, they use that technique extensively on dinosaurs, so like that oh, yeah. kind of automatically gives them a little bit more uh, experience having done that sort of thing before they get to turtles too. Oh yeah, and there's a direct line I think, like from yeah, that. yeah, I can see that for sure. So, um, just so people can know a little bit more about your music, uh, like, is there any uh, like, is this a typical fare for your music, like t pop culture, -y, silly shit? This is like closer to a direct reference than what I will normally make. Okay. It's it's not like it's not completely outside of what I do. I do have a song called Barney the Purple Ranger, but uh, <laughs> most of most of what I do is uh, farther uh, non sequitur <laughs> than this. Even uh, like I have a song called Ear Patch about. Um, you know, going one step farther than an eye patch. I've got, uh, you know, it, it's yeah. I, I do. Have, I do have a few references. Actually, this isn't my my first uh, turtle related song. I have a song oh. called Ray Filet about, but it's like specifically about having an action figure of Ray Filet. Oh, please! I did not know about this one. Tell me, because now I have to find a slot for another song. Tell me about the replace song. I did not know it. Oh, sure. No, it's uh, this. This one was for a uh, February album writing month album, and it was one where I actually uh, tried to and met the challenge of recording, actually recording the entire album in February. And yeah, it is uh, like the, the name of the album and the song is Ray Filet, and it is like specifically about having a Ray Filet action figure rather than being like specifically about the character of Ray Filet. It's not okay. like, here's the tale of Ray Filet. It's like, I'm a great big nerd and I have a Ray Filet action figure and I'm pointing it directly at you. Did you have the Ray Filet action figure that had the color change or no? I did. Yeah. I did. In fact, I still have it, although I think the color change is pretty much borked at this point. I grew up with the one that had the color change and then that one broke. And now I have two, but I don't think, oh wait, maybe one of them is color change. I think that one is. Yeah. One of them I, I, I did get the new uh, Super 7 one that is like, it kind of blows my mind how good this figure is. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it or anything. I've seen it. I've kind of, I get everything NECA and like, um, so I kind of like had to pick and choose. So like with Super 7, they're awesome, mm. but I've only stuck to certain ones because I'm like, I don't want to get into the whole thing. So 
Uh, I got Bebop from Rock City because, as you know, I love Bebop from Rock City. Um, and I have <laughs> Glow in the Dark, two of the three Glow in the Dark ones they've done. But I'm trying not to collect them. So I like if I see them in a store, I kind of like shield my eyes from how cool they are because I don't, <laughs> I don't get into it. Well, uh, <laughs> Ray Filet is my like specific favorite Turtles character, and so that was that was one I was always going to go for, especially since I was very like you know, you know how it went. Like you know, I read the Archie turtle comics a lot and you know a lot of times we would see our favorite characters from there like interpreted in very different ways in the figures like you know usually pushing a little bit more uh against uh, the grotesque uh but w- with uh with man ray slash ray fillet it's like oh this, this is like way closer to what's actually in mm. the comic like they they let him have like a little bit more of a you know friendly face you know he looks like he's going to team up with the turtles rather than beat the crap out of them because you know we're not concerning ourselves with what the saturday morning show is going to do he has um, a big especially since they you know to him, the toy like similar in the comics yeah 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 like depending on what reference they gave kenny that day yeah <laughs> um of, uh, of mr mitroni uh i know that you were a fan of his from uh i guess well i know take me back to uh, when your whole interaction with him started, and the the the, the fan art, and uh, and then fast forward to uh, to Magiswords. So yeah, I was I was a fan of the um, of the of Kenny's you know run on the on the Archie comics. Like I think I had like grabbed issue three when I was uh, when I was uh, you know on one of my first trips to a comic shop, but then like didn't think about it too much other than I have a turtles thing, and then like. A little bit later, like more issues come out. I'm in like uh actually like the bookstore in the mall, and I'm like issue twelve was the current one. And so I picked it up. I'm like, oh, they've gone in a different direction. Why is Raph in a black suit? Why is this artwork so good? What is going on? Um because like that, like even at that age, totally spoke to what I was what I was into. Like I already, you know, was knew what cartoonists I liked. Like and so seeing this thing that looked like what if like if there's one thing I like, it's it's East meets West and Old meets New. And so seeing a brand new property like Ninja Turtles drawn in kind of a Chuck Jones style was like, what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, like I, I I was hooked at that point, got everything, read everything, and started sending in fan art of all like the the I was like, there are brand new characters that are not in any other version, I'm going to draw everybody. And so I just got in the habit of like drawing fan art of whatever the new characters were and sending them in. And I would get uh, what, what, you know, some super fans are, are very familiar with and other people probably aren't familiar with at all. These little green postcards that uh, had cover artwork from a recent issue on one side and then a, a greeting to the young fan who had sent in stuff on the other side. And I would send in stuff so often that I would just like have these in the mail all the time. Uh, and they were cool. Sometimes they said specific things. Like there was one that said that, uh, you know, Kenny had seen my artwork and liked the way I drew eyes and stuff. Come to find out later from Kenny that uh, his wife, Beth Matroni, was the one like writing all the stuff on the back of the cards <laughs> for the fans. <laughs> Which is like the coolest, sweetest thing in the world to find out later. Um, but like, I, you know, Brian, I did this for a while. We, you and I were talking about the uh, Donatello and Leatherhead miniseries the, oh, like yeah. a couple days ago. Like one of them was like the covers from those. Oh, that's cool. I, I read that so, thing back and forth so much. I love that miniseries. It's so <laughs> fun and like... It's really good. And, 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 and Garrett Ho, it's like, you know, know, Garrett did one style of artwork for some of the other, you know, comics he did, like the Mutant Animal stuff that like, you know, is certainly lively, but, you know, he was going for superhero proportions a little bit more. This is like, this is like a loose, relaxed, cartoonier Garrett doing those Donatello and Leatherheads. I love that series, and like it's weird. Like Mitroni is, and I'm not saying this because I know, like we know him. Like I, he's Mitroni's always been my favorite artist. But like I was really, in addition to him, I loved because Mitroni like adapted the turtles in the most fun way in a way I knew. Garrett Ho kind of like did this totally different like, re- like turtles didn't even look buff; they just looked kind of fun and like. Kind of like, I, like <laughs> it was kind of like I, I, that series in particular was one of those ones that I still have all four issues and they look like shit because I just read them so much. Uh, and <laughs> I love them. 
Yeah, I, I think, uh, like, I don't know for 100% certain, but I think, like, the fact that other animation artists got in on doing the Turtle books had a lot to do with, you know, I, I would imagine they had a lot to do with Kenny recommending these folks, because why else would they know them? Because, hmm. like, you know, we've got, like, Bill Ray, who would go on to Ren and Stimpy doing issue 20. There was, like, you know, one by Byron Vaughn's, you know, Garrett's another one. Mike Kazala, of course. Like, which is funny because, like, I think I picked up my first uh, Mike Kazala comic on the same trip as, like, buying Turtles issue three. There was, like, this little uh, comic shop in Long Island called Collector's Comics. And I just, like, little kid me picked up a bunch of stuff there. Uh, Mike had Mike had done a series called uh, Captain Jack, which was decidedly not for kids. But there was an, a book called Critters where, like, all these different anthropomorphic artists would, like kind of published little stories but it was a fantagraphics book uh and so like i think on that same trip i picked up because i was a turtles fan like there was one of those that was uh that had an usagi ojibbo uh, early issue i think perhaps oh. even before he was doing his own single issues i think it might have been and there was a uh, mike Cazella, captain jack related comic so all these like uh, um turtles adjacent people who i you know didn't know we're going to be turtles adjacent people. I picked up comics from that day. Um, but yeah, so uh, fast forward several years, huge. I, I was a huge turtles fan, obviously, but a, a great big, huge Ken Matroni fan. Yeah. Um, and so like I, you know, added him on Facebook, he accepted my, uh, you know, requests. And so, you know, no, like big conversations happened, but like every now and then just like comment on something he was doing. Uh, then, uh, I was, I had one of my, you know, my, my career's kind of had its ups and downs, but I had like gotten an early job, uh, on, in 2011 on Fanboy and Chum Chum, uh, first doing revisions. And then they, you know, after some personnel changes, they moved me up to boards. Kenny came on to, uh, take a new director position there on Fanboy and Chum Chum, just as I was moving from storyboard revisionist to storyboard artist. And I became one of Kenny's uh, board artists just by chance. <laughs> like I just ended up on this show that like my, one of my very favorite cartoonists was taking a director position on. And so, uh, yeah, that is where, that's where Kenny, and I became close and like, you know, talked to him about turtle stuff. And, uh, you know, he was kind of like, they didn't explain to him how rookie of a storyboard artist I was when I joined this show. <laughs> um, and so, but like, but at the same time, there's a lot of like basic film language that Joe average storyboard artist might not even know. Like a lot of times we're just kind of storyboarding flat Hanna-Barbera style. And, you know, it's all about funny drawings and not necessarily about filmmaking. Kenny is all about filmmaking. He's a film student more than he is a uh, animation director, you know, uh, he just happens to be a guy who draws really good, <laughs> even though it's not like as much as priority as being a filmmaker. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard Kenny's uh, uh, film language crash course, but like, if you're ever like hanging out with with Kenny and you have access to a room where you can project videos to you, I highly recommend it, even if you don't intend to make films, because it's just really fascinating. You know, like. You know, get this very quick idea of like, you know, uh, master shots and insert shots and like who has the power in the scene and quadrants and just all this stuff that, you know, even now constantly uh, informs the storyboarding that I do for every job. It's like, thank you, Kenny, for, you know, <laughs> letting me know what I'm doing at all. <laughs> I interviewed him a couple times. I just try to find excuses to talk to him, basically. Um and we were talking. I interviewed him for a piece I did about um, uh, Back to the Future, the cartoon, and he was talking so much about Zemeckis' film language and all that. And it's so interesting because, like, yeah, he's he's steeped in that knowledge. Like he was like, like he the way he talked about like just the reverence for how the camera moved and doing it this way, and then like the animation studio for uh, like the whoever was doing the Back to the Future cartoon was like, yeah, 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 whatever. We don't want to move the camera. That's more expensive. Like they just kept sending it back to him. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, very, it was a lot of fun but like it was yeah so <laughs> but yeah and then like after that i would like 
Because, like, you know, a, a, tur- a turtle fan who reads uh, Ninja Turtles Adventure might wonder what Space Arc is. <laughs> because Kenny hit it everywhere. But that, of course, is a, uh, you know, indie comic that Kenny used to do about, uh, you know, a, a sci-fi animal thing full of puns. Like, full of puns. Um, but, yeah, between between the two, between uh, doing Fanboy and Chum Chum and bringing Kenny on for Magiswords, I, I, you know, helped Kenny get a... Uh, updated space arc pitch together you know just mainly coloring his stuff and like you know setting everything up in in nice looking pages for him to go and pitch um but yeah when when uh mighty magiswords rolled around my my show got picked up like uh we were doing still the early versions like the uh five some five minute in-house made shorts before the tv series got picked up and uh i was able to bring kenny in to do uh, to like do a handful of boards there. And then uh, when the TV series got picked up, I was able to pick up Kenny as my board director pretty easily because he's got like a very impressive resume. Oh yeah. I, and by the way, if, if anybody listening hasn't seen mighty Magiswords, it's hysterical and great. And I, I'm not sure like where can we, where can we find it now? But it's, it's so great. So, so uh, for a while, Warner's had taken down a bunch of like the yeah. shorts from uh, from YouTube, but those are back now. If you want to get a quick sample, oh, um, cool. if you want to see the series, uh, you can still like it's not available on any of the streaming services uh, as a, as like an included thing. But if you uh, you can buy episodes on Amazon Prime still and Vudu and I think iTunes and YouTube and a few other places like that. So. Yeah, you can go go get a sample on YouTube, and then if you're like, "Oh, this is great! I would like to see the series," you can purchase it on those places. Uh, I like uh, Amazon in particular. Super funny show, and I have a lot of love for. Uh, uh, um, um, Ken does a Jack Benny type character. Um, yes, I, like when I had Kenny on the show, I we probably spent an hour and twenty minutes talking. I would say at least 60% of that was Jack Benny. And then we had to keep remind, remembering that it was a journal podcast that we were doing. So <laughs> like, uh, so yeah, Kenny had already done a few voices on the show, but then I had like this one amazing birthday where uh, Ken and uh, another one of my favorite cartoonists, Bill Cop, who is the co-creator and voice oh, yeah. of Eek the Cat. He created my favorite TV cartoon, Schnookums and Meat, and another thing called uh, Mad Jack the Pirate, which is also a great cartoon. He did uh, Toonsylvania. So the two of them used to share an office at Warner's when they were developing Tasmania and would just drive everybody nuts by being hooligans all day. <laughs> and uh, so, so, yeah, dur- during that birthday... Uh, they were regaling me with stories of like doing like dueling Jack Benny's and and dueling Elvises and stuff and driving Bruce Tim nuts, yeah. um, <laughs> and so yeah, I was like, I needed to come up with an episode that had an excuse for like one of them to do Elvis and one of them to do Jack Benny, and so that's when we did the uh, Incredible Tiny Warriors episode. Uh, steering it back to turtles is the Archie comics your like biggest uh like turtle like is that your biggest turtle favorite thing i don't know if that's a question though. yeah that, that that is the thing for which i have the most nostalgia although i like okay. lots and lots of versions of turtles i i do agree with you that the first movie is probably the best oh yeah but the right amount of, of turtles media and all that. yeah yeah i don't know were you a cartoon but yeah model? like uh i watched the cartoon but i was already a cartoon snob <laughs> by the time oh okay the series came out so i was like you know enjoying the i enjoyed like the first couple seasons of it but like you know as it went on particularly like there was also like a certain amount of annoyance that characters weren't like they were in the archie comics like you know comparing for example like the way mondo gecko or wingnut and screw loose came off in the show i'm like i feel lied to (laughs) (laughs) i i probably have more love for the cartoon than i did the comics only because like i didn't have a ton of availability for comics but like Mm. I I do agree. Like characters like Mondo Gecko, Wingnut and Screw Loose, Ray Filet. I mean, I, I don't even count this as the same character, right? Um, no, n- nobody does. Nobody should. <laughs> nobody no, should. <laughs> no. Uh, Slash is infinitely better in the Archie comics. Like, there's so many characters <laughs> that are so much better done there, and like they kind of got botched in the show. Like, I, I I hate cartoon Slash. He's terrible. Like, they're really- <laughs> shit the bed on him altogether. Like what I like about the cartoon is 
because I can still go back and and rewatch it now. And I love the writing of it because it's like the gag writing is very sharp. Even if the stories are like whatever, the gag writing is great. But like they're with ancillary characters, they really didn't always do them justice. So yeah, yeah, and I mean like you know it was they were kind of like given them and like given pretty much free reign to do whatever they wanted. So they did whatever, like, you know, filled their whatever particular quota. Like it, 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 I understand that they had more room for villains than they had for heroes as far as like writing the cartoon went, sure. but like, you know, the, the cartoon, the cartoon, I, I think in part for budgetary reasons had a little bit more limited of a scope of like where the turtles could go and what they could do. Like, you know, they left it in New York most of the time, so they don't have to design a whole new setting. Sure. Um, then New York would which have I, settings sometimes. Like it was like, Oh, there's a, there's a ranch in the lower East, <laughs> the lower East side, <laughs> really strange settings for Manhattan. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't even have them going to Northampton. Um, but yeah. no, but like uh and yeah but every now and then like you know because i was so attached to the comics like the uh turtles tournament fighter for super nes like i was like i felt seen <laughs> here's like proper wingnut here's armagon of all characters here's war what is happening here's war just one <laughs> one of the four horsemen <laughs> like separated unnaturally but it's like oh somebody cared <laughs> yeah they made a point in those games. To, like I always kind of lamented not getting Bebop and Rocksteady in those games, but they made a point to kind of get characters that you literally didn't see anywhere else. Certainly not in a video game. Yeah, it's it, it, I I get that, but it's like Bebop and Rocksteady had been like such a gigantic. Oh yeah, you know, perhaps even more than they should have been part of like the 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 um, like Konami games and stuff. Sure, it's like. All right, here they are individually. Here they are together, taking up a whole lot of villain slots for this game, for this like franchise that has a million characters in it. Yeah. They don't want to go that deep in the library. Here they are as pirates. Let's just fight them as pirates. Exactly. <laughs> now, with that said, they were really cool as pirates. They were awesome as pirates, and those toys. <laughs> the toys are great. Have you seen those? The the Neko ones for those characters. Yeah, I have. So. But yeah, they were. Yeah, they were no, there. I I like the game. Like, I actually, like, I mentioned Ray earlier. I have my Super Seven Ray hanging out with my uh, video game Armagon, and oh, like, no. both, and like in between the two of them, I have like the uh, boss fight Popeye that just came out, and so it's like Popeye versus the sea creatures is kind of my theme. <laughs> Very cool. You must be excited. Uh, now I will say. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say you must be excited for the um, the Neca Ray Fillet that's coming out. The one that Kenny helped. Oh, you know I am. Yeah. Oh, you know I am. And the and the Jaguar and Dreadmon, they can bring me all of the Kenny figures I want. It's so wild because it's like this is everything 16-year-old Kyle wanted. <laughs> and now it's happening. I cut you off there. I'm sorry. What were you saying? No, it's cool. I was going to say uh, an another kind of Turtles connection I have is, of course, like having a bunch of... Um, Turtles related uh, voiceover actors on Mighty Magiswords. <laughs> and so, like, you know, I had uh, Rob Paulson on because, you know, everybody has Rob Paulson <laughs> uh, as, as their, uh, as their old teacher, Professor Cyrus. Um, but uh, a an interesting fact is that I have had three different Michelangelo's be just like nicer than me than they needed to be. <laughs> While being on the show. So uh, Townsend Coldman, we had on. We had him on as uh, the character uh, Nettie the Mallet, the big dumb bear with the mallet. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he, uh, at one point, like, uh, besides just kind of being a generally nice person, at one point he got tickets to the entire front row of one performance of uh, Animaniacs Live. Like, I think mostly to support Rob and then just like, figured out who those tickets should go to later. And oh, uh, cool. I, I, and so, uh, yeah, he, he, he gave two of them to Lindsay and I, we got to watch Animaniacs live with uh, Townie and his friends. And that was really cool. Oh, um, cool. And I uh, kind of in, in turn uh, helped talk to like a young, uh, a, a, a daughter of another voiceover actor who was like getting into cartooning. And so I got to meet up with her. Um, then we had uh, Greg Sipes on, 
another another thing in common, like you know, we had Townie on a bunch of a couple of these guys who only had on a few times, but then they were like super extra nice anyway. We had Greg Sipes on as a character named Noel Troblin, who uh, was kind of a, kind of a character that worked on like our recurring fast food joint Slug Burger. Uh, Greg was only on like two episodes, but still like kind of brought me in for different like potential business opportunities. Like there were like some groups that he was in the middle that he was like part of. And it's like, I guess in a couple situations, situations, he was like, Hey, you know, who would be good for this Kyle, this guy I worked with twice, well, which, you know, cool. was super nice. And then uh, Robbie wrist we had on uh, to, we had like this, we had this bizarre situation where it's like we had this character who we wanted to like sing stuff that furthered the plot and we wanted him to look like and sound like Freddie Mercury. Then legal told us that he couldn't look or sound like Freddie Mercury, <laughs> but we'd still had Robbie signed on. And it's like, I want to work with Robbie wrist anyway. Let's just bring him in and have him sing these things. And then, you know, sang for one other episode where we needed a, you know, super metal voice. Um, but Robbie also like made it a point to like, even though he was only on a few times, like, I guess he just liked the show and so made it a point to like kind of give it plugs online at different, at different moments. He also did uh, a really good episode of uh, my podcast, Kyle and Luke talk about tunes. So ch check out the Robbie wrist episode. He's a really good interview. Oh, so I don't forget to do that later. Uh, where can we find the, the podcast? Uh, you can find Kyle and Luke talk about tunes, any place that uh, podcasts aren't sold. Uh, you can go to <laughs> Kyle or you can simply go to Spotify or wherever and enter in Kyle and Luke, and we are the only thing that comes up. And Luke is the one who also made uh, uh, the song with you. Yes, yes, Luke, uh, who is my, you know, a frequent co-conspirator. He was uh, uh, one of my storyboard artists on Mighty Magiswords and, you know, has his own very long uh, comedy music career. He's like, one of the most popular acts on the Dr. Demento show, uh, done the Dr. Demento show's history. And uh, he lives two doors down from me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like when I sent him my lyrics for this song a couple years ago, because uh, like I came up with this idea a couple years ago, promptly forgot about it. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I should record that thing. Um, yeah, I sent him lyrics and he's like, I want to be part of this. <laughs> <laughs> and so I uh, and so I made him do harmonies. <laughs> awesome. Um uh, we, uh, before we get too far away from having talked about Ken, there was one other thing that I want to discuss here. Um, for those, okay, so a few years ago, uh, NECA came out with this um, eight pack. Of, this is really early on in the Turtles line, so before it was like a huge thing, but I was collecting then. And uh, they showed the box art for this collect, like old school kind of case that they were going to sell at uh, San Diego Comic Con. And I remember because, like, I, I'm not nearly as versed as you, but I knew Ken Mitchell. He's like, I'm not kidding. He's literally my favorite turtle artist. And when they showed this artwork, <laughs> I said out loud, "Holy shit! They got Ken Mitchell!" And this is before like I knew Trevor and any of that. So I was just like so excited about this. And you have a little piece of that history, correct? I do. So uh, this was in the middle of Magiswords. Uh, Kenny was a little bit new. Like he he was comfortable drawing digitally but he wasn't uh, good at inking digitally yet. He's pretty good at it now. Uh, but, you know, because he's had lots of practice and I gave him good brushes and stuff. But, uh, you know, because he wasn't as comfortable with it, he asked if I would uh, ink his roughs for this box. Uh, and so uh, I happily did and, you know, tried to get it as close as I could to Kenny's inking style uh, while inking this in Photoshop. Uh, and I, I feel pretty good about the job I did. I did not announce it once I did it because I didn't want to cheese off Cartoon Network by having done something <laughs> relating to their direct competition since Nickelodeon owns Ninja Turtles, of course. Uh, and so I was just like, I am not going to say anything about this um, other than like say, hey, everybody, look at this cool box that Kenny made. <laughs> um, but I like, you know, kind of quietly knew and felt good like when i saw the box around and stuff like you know say in the ba background of like an andre the black nerd video be like hey there's something i worked on in the back of an andre video um but uh yeah yeah i had the pleasure of, of uh inking kenny's roughs for that and uh then you know we sent those off to uh neca and somebody on their end colored it and did a fantastic job and yeah, so yeah got them like kind of a 
childhood dream fulfilled there. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, because those carrying cases were such like a like I don't know, those are such a nostalgic thing. I'm so glad that he thought it up. And then again, I had no idea up until we started talking about it, but like that you had done it. But um it's such a cool like I I, I was so excited about that when it came out because it immediately captured that like those crappy carrying cases that we all had when we were kids. So they're just and like it's beautiful. Yeah. I love the heads. The the head sculpts like the whole thing is great, but the heads that he did on the side were were just something. Yeah, special. those are great. Yeah, that, th- those are the kinniest thing, and I had a lot of fun, you yeah. know, <laughs> inking those as well. Like going, yeah, this is the stuff. But it's it's one of those things where it's like you know we look at it one way as an adult, but just like imagine like being a kid getting this thing. It's got this super amazing <laughs> drawing on it, and it is just like completely filled with with really good turtles figures and it's just like yeah oh my god give this to 16 year old kyle and watch his head we'll just scrape his head off the ceiling <laughs> <laughs> oh also too speaking uh, uh you i remember uh ken telling me once or showing me once that he still had your artwork that you drew as a kid that you mailed in <laughs> yeah hard? because like besides drawing like turtle stuff, I, I think I sent in a little bit of space arc stuff as well because I noticed him like hiding it in all of the panels. And then like one time I went to a convention as as like a like a preteen and like went and found as much of the space arc stuff as I could find in a few of his uh, uh, Myth Conceptions comics. This was actually the same trip I got. Uh, I saw that Steve Bissett was there. And because I always read those little credits underneath the uh, splash page in the front of every issue of Turtles Adventures, like where they say who owns each character, therefore like kind of who created each character, I'm like, oh, he he created Belly Bomb. I'm going to get a. Uh, I'm going to ask him to draw Belly Bomb, and he did. Oh, <laughs> I got awesome. Steve Bissett to draw Belly Bomb at a convention when I was a little kid. It was the best. That's so cool. I only started going to those things as an adult, and I love them now. But I, I never, I never did that stuff. It's like, I like, I wish I'd gone to the, the stupid, uh, uh, coming out of their shells tour because I'm obsessed with that. Oh, like <laughs> I'm sure it was like I, I, I lived an hour from Radio City Musical. I could have gone, but I don't know. So, <laughs> no, I, really I, I wasn't sure that. what to think of that when I was a kid. Although I really, really really like the song pizza party now yeah that's great or Pizza power now yeah that that song is legit there's a lot of songs that are very very bad but that song is legit <laughs> like I, I i was just interviewing a guy who i found out like i, I was interviewing for something else a guy named dave shatra who was uh uh he's an actor he was on the show called titus and a bunch of other stuff and like the end we're talking mm. and i found out that he was in the michelangelo suit and I was like, wait, what? He was like, yeah, I was in the, I was Michelangelo. We toured all over the country and all this. And I'm like, oh my God. I need to- wow. Yeah. So I was like, I need to have you back on to talk about this. So he's going to be on the podcast too. So. But I was very like, I just freaked out. Like <laughs> this whole thing. So, um, so uh, what other, I mean, I know that you were uh, big on Shredder's Revenge, right? Because uh, I want to figure out any other turtle media we should talk about while you're here. So. Oh yeah, that was that was a dream come true, and I hope that they yeah. do more stuff like that. Like you know, I, I mentioned uh, tournament fighters earlier. I'm kind of hoping that like the popularity of Shredder's Revenge gets them making some more like kind of nostalgic stuff again. Like having having like this perfect version in the Cowabunga collection is great, but it's like Shredder's Revenge worked out really good. You guys want to make another tournament fighters just like an old school uh, an old school turtle fighter with like you know pick a bunch of other like you know relatively obscure turtle characters to to like put together in this game. Yeah, that'd be great if I had like a and also like a huge roster of like, you know, Marvel vs. Capcom style. Like I love Yeah, absolutely. You know, those, you know, yeah, absolutely. Like what characters like fighting a fighting game? I mean obviously Ray Fillet needs to be there, but I mean the other ones that haven't like that you think to d- d- belong in a fighting game that haven't been been yet? Yeah. Now here here here's a question I have for you. If we huh? put Bebop if if Bebop and Rocksteady are in this thing are they, do they come as a duo or is it two separate fighters? No, they have to be two separate fighters because they're huge, right? Wouldn't that be like unfair? Uh, it's it's not unfair unless you like balance the game to be like, you know, because we've got like, say, if we're talking about Smash Brothers, we got the, the Ice Climbers, we got uh, Banjo and Kazooie, we got the Duck Hunt duo. Like there's a way to do uh, duos of characters in fighting games. That's true. Like, like in the like in the Nickelodeon. Have you played the uh, Nickelodeon 
yeah, I forget I, the name of it, the Smash Light game, the Nickelodeon Brawl. Yeah, I don't I don't like it. I want to like it, but I don't like it. It's I don't like I, I from what people tell me, I, so I'm not a gamer, right? And I really want to like that game, but I don't like the fighting game where you don't like the objective is not to kill the other person, it's to like, make them fall. You know what I'm talking about? Uh similar to Smash Brothers. Yeah, you're kind of yeah, setting them off screen. I find that very like, off to explode I, I, like Team Rocket. Yeah, like I had I find that harder for me. I don't know what it is, but like I I I've heard that's fine for Smash Brothers, whatever, but I, I'm trying to get into that game. But yes, I have that game and I think it's cool, but I, I fall a lot. So <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's really the whole thing. I just, uh I'm falling. But yes, I know what you're talking about. I, I don't know if I brought up that game for any reason other than that like Ren and Stimpy are in it as a duo fighter. Okay, yeah. I guess that could work. Cause also Bebop and Rock City kind of if you're going to the cartoon loyal reason, like them together isn't even that great if you go to the cartoon version as fighters. Yeah. So I guess they'd be fine together. Maybe they'd probably be more fun together. Yeah. So <laughs> um, um But yeah, it's just like, you know. You know, you you and I have talked about like certain obscure like like action figure only characters like Monty Moose. Oh yeah, I love Walkabout. I don't know what it is that character that toy was mm. so cool. To I me. had Walkabout. Yeah, Walkabout's great. And like no, he was never in anything ever. No, nothing for Walkabout. No love. Although I I would like to see uh you know another thing you know since it was great to have like Archie comic specific characters in it like maybe instead of Scratch we get Hallow Cat. <laughs> That'd be cool, sure. Or like, you Turtle know, just have screw loose with wingnut. No, no, they didn't. They didn't add screw. Okay, loose. so that's that's definitely has to be a pairing, right? That's got to be together. Yeah, just like you know, have wingnut as you had him before, but add screw loose. Um, yeah. like maybe like, like even like one from like not even the main series, like from the specials, like get Monstrex in there. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't mind a girl. Um, and then, like, but yeah, it, it's like we could we could even get like some some IDW stuff in now since it's now rather than then, but kind of like oh, yeah. done in like the colorful cartoon style. <laughs> oh, that would be cool. So yeah. like old Hob, but it's like cartoony old Hob. <laughs> That's such a great character. I mean, there's so much good stuff from IDW, but I, old Hob, <laughs> man, just such a fantastic character. And yeah, he'd be great. In the Maybe like a little DLC for uh, Turtle Ranger suits. Like it's just vis- it's only a visual change, but y- you can have that option. Those are just, like I can't like I, this series is fine, but like I can't tell you how much they nailed the merger of Power Rangers and Turtles. Like I, I grew out of Power Rangers when I was a kid. I, I still have a little bit of nostalgic love for it, whatever. But like, man, when they brought him into the turtle suits and the turtles in the Power Ranger suits, they just they looked amazing. They were so good. They designed them really well. Like, yeah. uh, I haven't actually, I, I own the series. I haven't, like, I've only, like, started to read it, but, like, the designs are so good. Like, I am, I am, uh, a Super Sentai fan. Like, I'm into the Japanese okay. series that they adapt into Power Rangers. Like, you know, I like a certain amount of Power Rangers stuff and, like, some of the talent that came out of it. But, like, um, but, like, I have all of these Sentai figures and robots. And now I've, like, the Turtle Rangers like figures hanging out with them and they they just go really well because they designed them so nicely they're really cool it's just such a great design it it just looks like yeah there was this sentai uh season where they were turtles it was weird uh (laughs) (laughs) the comic is good they kind of deliver on all the cool stuff that you want like the turtles Mm -hmm. in the suits bebop and rock city become the big blowing up villains at the end and they're kind of like falling yeah like they did like that they hit all the points you want them to hit in it i like they're doing right. it now, and I'm almost like, oh, I don't know what you're, else you're going to do. Like, I know that they're going to turn. Well, have you seen what else they're going to do where they, like, have the, like, actual dinosaurs <laughs> as that's rangers? Cool. That's cool. I did see the dinosaurs. <laughs> what I didn't like was they're doing at some point, and maybe it's just a hollow project or whatever, turtles as humans. That story. Uh, I can never get into turtles as humans. Me neither. I hate it. Every time. Every time they do that, and I'm not a big fan of Turtles with Power. Like even, even the animated one Kevin did, I wasn't that into that. Wait. Which one are you talking about? I'm sorry. There was this one there was this one summer where they did a bunch of different turtle shorts in different styles. Uh yes. Kevin Eastman did one about the turtles being kids in high school. 
Yeah, I never, I never dig it when I don't want to see what they look like as humans. It's like when I don't know if you're a South Park fan, but there's an episode of South Park where they're all like humans, and I'm like, oh, like this is really bothering. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to know what this, they look like in in our world. So like, it's yeah. There's one episode of the old cartoon where Michelangelo turns into a human. And he's like this little jerk with a Hawaiian shirt on, and like, yeah, kind of works. But I don't know. Like, I never like them as humans. I never interest me. So, yeah, and we've seen it a lot. And that, and I don't like magic turtles or like, um, like when they have superpowers. I'm like, the, they're already mutants. What else you need? So, I only like it because it's weird. I liked the thing they tried to do in Japan, where it was like in the continuity of the 87th show, but they like turned into super turtles and then they combined into the one God turtle. It was just so delightfully stupid that I enjoyed it. <laughs> well, dude, I what don't was that called legend of the super turtles, something like that. I think so. I don't know that I've ever actually watched that. I have the toys to it. And the toys are awesome. I don't know that I've ever actually sat down for 22 whole minutes and sat and watched that thing. I don't know that I did. I've watched the stupid Christmas special, which is I'm sure far worse. <laughs> No, you, you, I, I won't say it's good, but it is fascinating. I do recommend watching it. Uh, and there are also, uh, there's also like, I think, three volume manga that is oh. actually part of the continuity of the show. They like try to explain it really fast at the beginning of the first episode, but you're supposed to read the manga first. Oh, that's good to know. Okay. Cause I like to have, I don't know. I want to, I, I've usually experienced everything. I don't know why I haven't sat through that. I mean, the art's cool. So, I mean, I probably would, would, would dig it to some degree. I, I think you will find it worth it. You know, again, not saying it's good. I'm just saying it's fascinating. Sure. I think you will find it worth it for the uh, further mutated Bebop and Rocksteady that are in it. Oh, I do love the toys of those. So I don't know. Uh, oh, the toys of those. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. So I, I didn't realize they were in the show too. That's cool. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I'm already. Yeah. You sold me on it. You sold me on that. And the British. <laughs> So those are the things that I have to thank you for. Good, good. <laughs> I'll just let that reference stay in obscurity, though. Um, yes. All right, dude, I'll, I'll let you go. But uh, please tell us where we can find the Ray Filet song. And I, what, what's the name of the Ray Filet song? I don't want to like. It is Ray Filet. Okay, Ray Filet. And I've never seen Cheryl go down. After I we wrap up here, I'll have my sound guy, uh, Ian Williams. I'll have him put up both songs at the end. So stay tuned. Usually there's one song okay. at the end. I'm going to do two whole songs. Listen. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, yeah, you can hear the new song, I've Never Seen a Turtle Get Down, at thefump.com. That's T-H-E-F-U-M-P dot com. It stands for The Funny Music Project. And uh, it's still one of the more recent songs having only come out on uh, January 20th. So uh, it should be still a free download on the front page right now when you hear this. Uh, to hear the Ray Filet song and uh, pretty much my entire other catalog, uh, go to tvskyle.bandcamp.com and uh, it is one of uh, uh, you know it, it, Ray Filet can easily be found on the album called Ray Filet uh, so yeah that's where you can find that perfect uh, alright everybody look that up um, and last question for you is what's your, who's your favorite turtle um, so as a kid, my favorite was Michelangelo. As an angry teenager, my favorite was Raphael. But pretty much in my entire adulthood, it has been Donatello. Okay, cool. This is switched up uh, where you are in your life. So, yeah, I guess so. So at some point, uh, I guess at some point it'll be uh, Leonardo, but that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> awesome. All right, dude, this is a pleasure. Thanks so much for talking to me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Great to talk to you, Brian. Take care. I have never seen a turtle get down despite my age. I have never seen a turtle get down upon the stage. While I've never seen them do this task, I am simply overjoyed to have been asked. I have never seen a turtle get down, but thanks for asking. Most would just assume one way or the other. About witnessing the moves of said four brothers. So the question posed I do appreciate. So the assumption wouldn't have to irritate. Never seen a turtle get down, but thanks for asking.
turtle despite its versatility. Oh, a tortoise with wrist rigor mortis. They fit a dimmit to dance so vigorously. I find Mr. Van Winkle's question very thoughtful. When people think they know you, it's just awful. I have never seen a turtle get down to new swing or any other sound. I have never seen a turtle get down, but thanks for asking. I have never seen a turtle get down, though the question could never make me frown. I have never seen a turtle get down, but thanks for asking. Thanks for asking. Just to make him hard to Google today. 